Hey, Grand Rising, and welcome to the podcast, Only Black Cosmonaut. On each and every episode, we look to explore our inner universe and shine a light of love and acceptance. My name is Howard Cosmonaut Palmer. I'm a self-care, meditation, and wellness advocate, and I do those conversations, and I call it planetary alignment. With guided meditation, mindfulness, and movement, I want to teach you, too, how to be cosmic. Amazing, amazing, amazing. So it's early in the morning there, right? Um, actually, not really. It's um, it's not as early as it um it appears. It's only about uh, eight o'clock. It's pretty late actually now. So. Oh, okay, in that sense. Well, here in America, um, life doesn't really start till like ten o'clock. You know, after you've had your coffee. <laughs> No, some people start real early. If, if, there's, if there's no coffee, I can't really, uh, I can't get down with the day, you know. I got you. Well, let's get right to it, brother. Let's get right to it. Um, for the listeners and viewers, give me a one-minute speech of who are you. Not where you are, what's going on, but just who are you. Uh, hmm. That is such a, that's such a difficult question to ask because at the moment at the time with the present being, mm. uh, I'm a Buddhist monk living in, uh, living in a forest temple. Okay. And, um, this avatar, this personality that I've, um, adjusted myself to has made me understand that, um, all the other characters that I um, entertained in my life were because of um, indoctrinations and maskings that I had put upon myself mm. that made me believe I was this persona. Mm. And it was actually true the shell that I'm using now with uh, this, this Buddhism, mm. Buddhist monk has taught me how to become nobody in order to conquer everybody. And is that and everybody? Is that everybody, the personas that you embodied over space or is that everybody? Yes. In okay. Yeah, indeed. Everybody internally, that we're all vying for power over this this vehicle that I'm using. Mm. And what I mean by that, I know it sounds very mundane and vague, and I'll try to keep it short so we can move on to other concepts that we want to speak about. But mm. for example, you know, when you're going to work, that's one person. When right. you're at home wife and your family that's another person when you're with your children that's another person when you're mm -hmm. with your home friends that's another and uh, when you're with your family your intimate you know family your mother and your wife i mean excuse me your mother your your father that's another persona mm -hmm. and we're not even talking about the outfits that we put on that we personally like when i play basketball i'm kobe bryant right when i uh, when I'm angry, I might, or I'm, I don't know, uh, I don't know, if, I don't know, if, I don't watch too much TV. So when you're angry, you turn into the Hulk. Right. Uh, when you're rich, you turn into uh, some, some type of TV conglomerate that has lots of money, Bill Gates. Right. So the type of person that you, that you wear within your clothing and your, your, your social group is a whole different persona. Hmm. So these things have an effect on the psyche and they all vie for power inside of your mind. They come with, they, they come with their own uh, swagger. They come with their own emotions. They come with their own likes and dislikes. And sometimes they conflict. But as far as me inside of the shell of the Buddhist practitioner, we break all of them down and we say we are none of that because we are just elements that are components mixed up together that function and react to, uh, react and they react to a causality 
something exists, then this exists. If something happens, then this is the reaction. So I'm trying the best to um, figure out how to be nothing mm. so I can measure the everything. And the nothing is the observer or the, the, one who, the one who sees but says nothing? Um, the observer, you're definitely right. It is yeah. the, the observer, but this observer, we do say something. We say things um, that are going to um, manipulate um, positive outcome and change the negative karma to positive karma. Mm. And we do things that are um, going to um, eradicate, stop the mishandlings of our actions that make us uh, do things that um, are going to promote um, bad behavior, bad mannerisms. So what is meditation? If someone asks you, what is meditation? What, how do you answer that? Um, you know, meditation does have many different facets, but what we learned here is called Vipassana. And it was, um, Vipassana is something that the Buddha had prescribed for us, and this means insight meditation. V meaning to see, Pasana meaning to have insight. To see insight meaning the causes of our sufferings so we can stop them and put an end to them. Mm. It's the type of meditation. And this meditation is meaning to uh, see the end, see the end of um, wanting, grabbing, grasping after, desiring, which keeps us in the cycle of repetition and repeating back into the cycle of this world. And this so, is what meditation is for us. So meditation is like a healing tool for these voices or these personas. You know, when, you're, when we're asking ourselves, who are we? I would agree that we live within different, for me, it's mental states or mental, I, mental states of ideas where we have the idea we're this person or we have the idea we're that person based on our, let's say, based on our surrounding. So to support your point, if I'm with my family, I'm different. If I'm at work, if I'm different. If I'm driving to work, I'm different. You know, There's this idea that we need to um, have these different examples of ourselves, quote unquote. So we have this one persona, but then it has different faces. And when I ask is what is meditation, it seems like you're, the understanding I'm getting is that we use meditation to get clarity on those personas and maybe even take a stronger step back and see them for what they are versus believing that we are them. You know, so the observer sees it. And to your point, there's a conversation being had, you know, and I ask why is med what is meditation? It seems like a tool. And I know there are many forms of meditation, whether stillness or movement meditation. But when you are where you are and you've been there for so many years, is meditation now your life? Would you say that it, this is the you that you know, um, or is there still a person that's separate from the action of meditation? You know, because for us here, it's an, I would believe it's an act because we have so many distractions, so many places to be within our mind. But for you, is meditation you? Go ahead. Yes, I um. I understand your question as being uh, meditation is my life um, because I think that in the stage that I am right now, meditation is um, is going back to the original root of everything, which is being the observer. You've been the observer for such a long time. Mm. And although I'm not going to say that having these certain characters that we live by are not, they're not helpful. I mean, it's the way it is. You know, if it rains, you pull out an umbrella. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, it, 
let me let me back it up. I can say that there's a truth and ultimate truth of things. Mm. The truth is I'm on the telephone with you right now. We're having a conversation and you know, there's it's sunny outside. My skin is brown, yours is brown, but the ultimate truth is that there's nothing. Right. It's just empty space. So I don't want to confuse the ultimate truth with the perceived the, truth. The um what did I just say? The ultimate truth and the conventional truth. Right. I get that. And a lot of people nowadays, as we see, are using meditation as escapism. For right. me, meditation is not an escape from the reality that we live. I don't do it so I can just have a quick breathe and feel relaxed and go back to the trial and tribulation that I just left. Mm. Um, it is a way out of suffering. It is a way out, meaning that the more you get involved in meditation, the more you're going to have to sacrifice to keep your peace. And this sacrifice doesn't mean it, it's, it's just going to, uh, oh, it's going to pain me. It's going to hurt me. No, it's going to free you. It's going to liberate you. There's going to be changes that are going to happen in your life, not because it hurts you. It's because it's healing and helping you. You don't see them as a pain or an affliction. You see, holding on to these past identities and these past concepts as the hook in the mouth or the pain or the suffering. So meditation, for as what I understand it and how I've been taught and how I've been seeing it work through me, is a liberation from the sufferings that we have undertook for such a long time that have been causing us to spin around over and over and over and make the same mistakes and get the same results. It is the disconnect, the cutting of the attachment to the old selves that are based off of greed, anger, and delusion. It is the cutting the ties of greed, anger, and delusion that'll have you see and be the observer to find your peace without it having to be connected to external factors, but it's a peace, kind, uh, compassion that is found in the inside that'll blossom you into the persona that you need to be, mm. whether it be a monk or a lay person. It'll, it will, just like the lotus, it will bloom. It will or, bloom in mm. you. And show you who you need to be without you needing to look at a YouTube video or needing to have <laughs> a, a, a TV conglomerate show you how to wear your clothes or, you know, being ads projected onto you from Facebook or Instagram. Mm -hmm. You'll see so, the beauty from yourself and it'll raise from yourself. So here's a question. Um, having found the beauty within through the practice, this tool kind of works with the shadow. You know, you mentioned how there might be some disconnect, some disbelief, some contrast, some pain, but it's all a part of the healing. And when you stepped into this space, did you, did you change your name? Did you feel a need to change your name from to? And if so, what is it then and what is it now? I changed my name because I changed my name. Well, actually, the name was given to me because you, at this point, when you become a Buddhist monk, you, you divorced your old self. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, and the divorcing of the self means that you're disconnected from all those things that were attached to the old you to mm. bring about new vessel, a new car, a new vehicle for you to um, commandeer, let's say, a new vehicle for you to commandeer. And although the memories are still there, you need to ask yourself, are these memories connected to pain, suffering, 
or they connected to happiness and if it is connected to happiness is it temporary happiness or is it uh is it extended happiness that is going to lead you out of the path of suffering the path of unsatisfactoriness well i ask well i guess now i'm seeing the importance of the name and i'm asking i guess when we step into let me backtrack. So for me, meditation is, or it started out as a way to escape the noise, right? Yeah, I, would, I would find places to go seclude myself from noise and even tried noise canceling headphones, um, tried using the sounds of the ocean, tried using chanting music, tried using just counting, just ways to trap my mind in another space. And that's what it started feeling like I was doing, like I was living in reality and I was using this tool to escape reality. And I'm like, well, why would I want to escape? I don't, I don't want to escape. I want to get better with reality. I'm, I thought yeah. this tool was supposed to help me get better. Now yeah. I, I thought of abandoning it. I thought of abandoning it because again, I want liberation. I want freedom. And I'm willing to believe that whether you, whether you believe in God, excuse me, whether you believe in God or you practice certain um, spiritual beliefs or, or you just, you know, you step into the ether of things, you have to have a way to balance yourself with everything that is, right? Whatever you call it, whatever you believe it, you have to have a way to balance. And here I am using a tool that's making me feel like I'm not balancing, like I'm escaping. So the more I practice meditation, I did come to a space where there was a lot of allowing. I didn't really try to judge it because what I realized I was doing there talking about my whole thinking at, as it was an escape tool, I was judging meditation. Here I am doing the practice, but judging it in the same breath. How can that be? I have to be with it with no judgment as if my life counted on it in a way that I come more into myself, the self that I don't know. I say all of that is, it feels like love, but not love like um, a love between people or, or between words or between relationship. So why do you think that is? Or what, what do you think of my words when I say that? Is that something you've ever experienced? Or when you, you've gotten so deep into your practice, what is it for you now? You know, what would you call your meditation now? You said a lot and uh, you're on the right <laughs> path with that. When I, when I first started my meditation, I was the same way. Mm. You know, I didn't really know much about meditation. I just knew how to escape. Mm. I was a good artist. You basically should have called me Houdini. <laughs> and um, when I first started meditation i would try to go to the forest i would try to go to i was in cambodia at the time and um when i i really went hardcore into meditation i was trying to get away from the sounds and then uh, sounds of people then i was trying to get away from the sounds of the music and i'd have to go deeper in the forest and at that time i was trying to get away from certain sounds of bugs or certain sounds of cars and i found out the problem was not in the sounds themselves. Mm. The problem was I was going out picking up the sounds. The sounds mm. were just They were there, there or they weren't there. It was just based on your perception. Or I was out there mm. looking for sounds to complain about, not mm. just leave on to be a sound. The sound doesn't hurt you, it's a sound. Right. It's just, that's just what it is. When I accepted the sound, to just be sound and not go chasing after it, I could hear my mind clearer. Mm. I could hear my tranquility clearer. But when I was running away, running away, deepening, deepening myself inside the forests and jungles and saying to myself, well, I came here. Well, I came there with the pretext that I came here because it's more peaceful, it's more quiet. I've already set up a type of friction I come here because it's peaceful. It's mine. This area is supposed to be quiet, quiet only. So I came there with this defense. Mm. Instead of going there and saying, 
I'm just going to sit down and focus on my breathing. And I had a lack of concentration. Mm. And I build up the concentration, build up wisdom. If that wouldn't, if that whole event had not occurred, I would not have built up the wisdom and in concentration. Another part of that was. Another part of that was. Um, I was still playing harshly with the elements of my own heart and mind between things being mine and things being yours and you you offended me this is my space and you don't respect me so there was a lot of this ego that i was still trying to deal with mm. this persona that um everyone needs to be like me to be holy or devout and those who are not like me are not right so once that attitude mindset set in then i realized that meditation um is devoid of all these wanting mm -hmm. desiring not accepting things for the way they are mm. or uh not accepting things for the way they are or not uh wanting things to be the way they are mm. how did i i hope i said that properly no not i wanting, get it not wanting things to be the way that they are or accepting things the way that they are not right it's basically the two sides of denial you know um and that analogy of it being a river in Egypt, whatever, whatever you're on either side of the river, denial is a river in Egypt, you're still trying to live in a space that doesn't um, fully exist. So yeah. um, I don't know, I'll say this now, this might cut off in a few minutes because Zoom is weird with its 30 minute mark. So what I'll do is really? I'll just, yeah, it might, it might, it might, it might. If it does not, then we'll continue. If it does, we'll just restart it. It's it's just a part of it. Um, I believe I still have everything in place, but again, technology is weird. So we have maybe three minutes to determine the future of this conversation. Um, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, it kind of leads me into my next point. Um, and we've shared a little bit about just life in general and the perspective of meditation. And I've, for me, you've mentioned a lot when it comes to the spiritual space and even the shadow work that's required. You know, the next thing now is if you spend a lot of time practicing the tool of meditation to free yourself from your everyday thought, right? We'll call it that. Now you've reached a certain space of, let's call it enlightenment. What do you do with that? What do you do with your enlightenment? As an example to you, when you reach the space of, all right, there's stronger clarity here now. I've used these tools to help me, retrain me to focus. You know, I listen to this or I go here, but now I can meditate from breathing. I can meditate in all spaces. So we might call that enlightened, but what do you do from there? Well, you nurture it, you sustain it, and you help it grow. And when it needs to be fed, you feed it. Um, a lot of times, what I have seen through practitioners of meditation, uh, especially Western practitioners, is they're always thinking a step ahead, now what, now what, what's next? And this is something that will throw you off of the path. It will not keep you on it. Mm. This is called anticipation. Anticipation also has a nickname. And it actually, excuse me, anticipation is a nickname for its real name, which is called restlessness. Mm. Restlessness is one of the five hindrances of the practitioner. There's five, um, five, five hindrances, and one of them, the biggest one is restlessness, which is too much worry about the future that doesn't exist. Mm. The future is created in the present. So when we have these thoughts, which I've had before previously, mm -hmm. what next, what next, 
you have to know that this is restlessness coming in another shape using an avatar, trying to destroy your practice, not build it. There is no what's next. There's only what's now, what's now, what's now. Mm. So when you have these type of thoughts, just kind of giggle and laugh and be like, oh, I saw you. And you'll be able to also see its face and repetition in your other actions, not just in your thoughts, and also the way that you, your, your behavioral patterns mm. that you prepare, the way that you handle your affairs, you'll be able to say that restlessness is actually taking away from your mindfulness and not, not helping, uh, helping it exist in the present moment that forge your way to the future. Mm. So nurture, you must do a lot of nurturing. Well, I mentioned that because um, back to the same Western reality, there is a sense to the practice that you have to take these steps. You know, you start with learning to control the noise into a tone. You know, you, you don't try to silence the noise, but you try to understand it as one vibrational tone. Um, to our point of the conversation, it's, it's, it's grouping all those faces. It's grouping all the ideas of who you thought you were and then understanding that it's a group and um, being able to see that group as part of you, but not you. And then going on into other spaces of what you might be in that observation, the, the looker, the watcher, um, the, observ the observer. And then the other practice or the other part of the practice is again, to become the awakened one. There's these levels, but the way it's taught or the way I understand it here, it is like an expectation. It is like a anticipation path. Like, you know, okay, am I there yet? Am I there yet? Okay, wait, wait, I don't think I'm there. Okay, wait, more and more and more practice. And it does for me personally have the sense of taking away because I was practicing meditation before I got introduced to classes. But even when I offer my guided meditation, I try to bring in the concept that it's not about stages it's really about your awareness in the now and that might feel like different stages but it's all happening now so if you can elaborate more on on now how does now work for you in your practice again you have such like tell us where are you like you mentioned that but give us an idea of your surrounding and how that prep how that supports your meditation well to add on to what you were saying um mm. about um the voices or the committee that we have going inside of our our minds that are all kind of there these personas i wanted to add on to that and make it a little more clear it's kind of like being the ceo of a company and you have all of these personas at the round table and they're all trying to sit there and give the reason why they need to be in the position that you have. So each emotion, each person, each conflict, each everything is standing up trying to prove to you why they are the best at leading the table. And with wisdom, because wisdom is the king, the sole heir of CEO of the table. With wisdom and the development cultivation of wisdom, you're able to see exactly who is speaking, what angle they're coming from, and do they even need to have a voice at the table? I get it. But if we don't cultivate wisdom, spiritual insight, wisdom, not just reading a book and knowing things, mm. not observer that just knows stuff but doesn't practice. We're talking about the divine wisdom that you have developed that ends suffering. If they are not the sole heir of sole heir of the throne, then who is? Right. Who is in your power and who is directing and maneuvering itself for you to act on its wishes and where those wishes and desires coming from if they're not built on um, love compassion kindness and mercy mm. so you have to establish that the buddha and his wisdom 
in the Dhamma, if you don't want to say the Buddha because it's a little, maybe it's controversial, you think it, the divine force that rules all of creation, let's say that, the mm. divine nature that governs all of creation as your driving force, then you will, then by having that as your steer and your guide, then everything else is subservient to that. Right. So and seems, how the, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying that it, you may have been stepping into this or where you were going, but what I was saying is that it seems like you, you now take on different tools or different, we'll use the word tools, but different tools. And let me make sure I'm understanding it. So we are embodying the practice of meditation to get away from these faces that we've created. But are we then not creating another face or another way to look at it because we now have these tools that we're using? Is that not another being? And is that the Buddha? Is that the, the one that is always in path to practice? You know, like you're always in path to practice. You're not necessarily practicing because then you might be settled in that persona but to be on the path to practicing is constantly i don't know what i'm trying to say but it, it feels like what i'm think i'm hearing is like we're still yet going into another space another face and my question is what how is this more space or this face more better than this the the regular face the everyday face that's a very good question. I'm glad that you asked that. Um, you're right. It is another face. Mm. This is the faithless face. Mm. This is the face that ends suffering, while all the other ones are the continuation of it. Okay. This is the face that lets you See, it is the faceless face, the observer, the one who observes everyone else but cannot be observed by the others because they are riddled with um, deep roots inside the material world, deep roots in the world of greed, anger, delusion, wanting, uh, remorse, regret, um, uh, uh, retaliation the, the 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 face that is not connected to that and wants to break free from that so even though it is a new face or maybe some would say an old face that hasn't been seen in a while mm. it is a means to an end mm. so this face needed to come about for the reason to end all of these faces and to make him make it the supreme one that we go to for knowledge we go to for refuge and shelter when things are seemingly uh becoming too chaotic or hectic in our in our waking world our living world it makes me question the, the next question in my mind now is, um, so who is meditating? You know, it's, it seems like a formless being, but it, it perceives all, right? We're still not saying, like there's still greater, there's still the greatness of God, but then there's now a stronger awareness of whom, not even you, but whom, right? Because you're still questioning, you're knowing, but you're fully aware that you're here but what is here, right? We know what we know of what is here, what it can be, because we've seen the many faces it takes on, but then who is meditating? Whom is this observer? And it's more rhetorical than anything, but I, what I've learned is that that's who I come to question. That becomes the everyday question in meditation as I attempt to allow, allow myself to see who is meditating and it may not even be as clear as a face 
but it's going to be as clear as a knowing of a face, right? Like a, the intricacy of like a baby knowing its mother's face, you know, like, and to your point, a face that's always been there, but you may have just not been looking at it all this time. So now it's, um, go ahead. Well, uh, in our stance, uh, for that question, it's not so much of who mm. is meditating, but more of what is meditation doing. Okay. So there is no more who because there is no who. There's no question as to what. Ah, okay, okay. There's no question to who because there is nobody there. But uh. we do ask, what is meditation doing and what are we doing in meditation to facilitate a deeper clear understanding of the of being not mm. of me as a being but of being mm -hmm. words are so difficult <laughs> it's pretty difficult because uh the words are pretty uh they're not very strong as as far as these Semitic and ancient languages go. You know, they no, have I feel different... your meaning. I feel your meaning, and that's why I'm laughing because it it, yeah. it brings so much joy to me to know that we are still so hopefully I'm saying this right finite, so still small, so limited in our ability yeah. to to perceive. But we but we know we're connected to so more. It's ridiculous almost. Yeah, and we are. And um, I guess that's the loving nature of, of, for me anyway, of existence. You know, outside of the illies and the difficulties and the not so lovable spaces, the knowing that it's all gravy, it's all good, it all is, I'm all a part of it. Um, it's a, you know, it's, I'm just spreading out. And as much as I can look at the stars and wish upon a star and realize, oh, that's actually probably dead that's a dead planet or a dead star from light years away because, you know, scientifically all that we see in the sky is, is already gone. So when I'm wishing upon something, I'm already in the future trying to talk to the past. It won't, it won't, it won't balance. So my now is that I am the star. The, the, the death and life of that perception is happening within me. Every time I blink, you know, it's almost like you can't be the moon by pointing at it. Or you can't, you know, something like that. Like there's a connection that's happening that you can't, words cannot speak of fully, but we can always pontificate or experience through it. And I think that's the most loving space to be reminded of. I like that word pontificate. I forgot about that word. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh man. All right, so give me a, um, a brief, brief, uh, a brief, whoa, English a brief breakdown of like a typical morning for you into a day, you know, what's it like living um, as a monk, the black monk, I call you the black monk, but uh, <laughs> what is a day like for you? Um, typical day starts, I, it starts about 2 a.m. Mm. I uh, wake up about 2 a.m. and, you know, kind of, I wake up slowly. So I wake up and uh, use the restroom, wash my face, brush my teeth. Sometimes I take a bath. Uh, if it's not too cold, I'll take a nice bath and um, have a cup of coffee mm. and um, prepare my things, uh, meaning my, my alms bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, collect my robe and by around three o'clock I start chanting for about a half an hour 45 minutes half an hour. and then I sit in meditation for about maybe two hours two and a half hours um, if I have enough time about two and a half hours and after that is finished I go ahead and prepare my clothes properly to go out for baking for alms, which takes about another hour. So we go out to our, our bowl and people in the village and towns, they offer food to us as they see us as monks. And 
They don't actually offer the food to us. It is a way for them to expiate wrongdoing for their ancestors. So they offer food in the name of their ancestors to be forgiven for any past mistakes. I see. You are the are cleanser. A cleanser. We are just mm -hmm. a receipt of the offering. Mm -hmm. so we give it to the monks. We receive the offering. We give them a prayer and a chant and we come back and we give the prayer and chant directly to the, the ancestors for the, the merit that they have done. Mm. And so we, we eat our, eat the food. And after that, we clean, go back to our cabins or our small bungalows. And um, some of us rest or, you know, we have a little downtime. Mm -hmm. And then come, come about, about maybe like 12 or one o'clock, we start to clean the temple and mm. start for about another two hours and um, freshen up for about another hour downtime. And we start chanting in an evening meditation. Mm. This they isn't every Go ahead. This, this isn't everyone. Right. Um, as you know, that some monks, they all have different. They all have different ambitions for why they even came to the monkhood and mm -hmm. what they're doing. This is on my own personal, my own personal space that I try to maintain some mindfulness. Mm. Uh, but some are more stronger than I am, way right. more stronger than I am. Some are very, very loose and don't practice, don't even meditate at all. Mm. So, Interesting. Uh, it depends, you know, because everyone has different levels. Some people have been a monk for one year, some for two, some for 10 to 30. Right. Depending on the development, if they've cultivated mindfulness and keep developing their practice, they get better. Some become uh, content and stop practicing. They just, you know, they're happy. They get their food. They got their clothes. They have a house. And they're like, okay, that's it. I've made it. Mm. And others are just like, well, I'm here for mundane reasons. I'm here because my parents wanted me to, or I have nothing else to do in society. So I'm here, you know? So it kind of depends on the person's motivation for being here. Not every month that you see meditates, chants, or is a good person. Well, it's what you said in the beginning about the escapism or the way to escape. Like we are still, we, we still use this tool, no matter if it even takes us Tibetan to Tibet to be monks, we still use the tool to escape. And it is, a, it is the practice of meditation that teaches us how that is not the way. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. Wow. So they're, yeah. it's almost like they're in the ocean of truth, but they're still drowning in their um, disbelief of it. And I don't mean it like drastic as if disbelief because they know they're there, but if you're not practicing it, it's almost like, why are you there? You know, like, um, I'll give you a good analogy. Mm. What I have learned through my own practice and my experience is that once you get the taste of tranquility and bliss in your practice, you see how beautiful it is. You see how peaceful it makes you. You see how what you've been missing. Mm. But once you start to have any type of small inklings of doubt, meditation, tranquility and bliss will step back because of its shyness, I want to say, mm -hmm. because of its gentleness, gentleness. peace, that I'm going to let you go out and find peace somewhere else, and I'll step back. And when you find out that that is not peace, I'll be here waiting for you. Mm. But if you think something else other than me can sustain for you, then I'll let you have that stay out of your way. It's such a compassionate, beautiful way to, to experience peace that it's not harmful. It's not trying to kill you. It's not trying to attack you. It's letting you learn through your own mistakes. It's giving you the control. It's giving you the keys to see success for yourself and weigh it out on your own scale. And once you find out the respect that it's given you, the peace and bliss that it has given you, that it sustains for long periods of time, you don't ever want to leave it. And you mm -hmm. always look to maintain it. 
but that's because people we vary because we're still we're still fighting with the pollutions of our heart we still have attachments we have attachments to the material world some of us like this some of us like that and it interferes right. with the balance of the balance of peace prosperity a meditative meditative prosperity we have in our life it, it conflicts but harmony does not like conflict it likes to be in balance you are the one who's in confliction not the harmony mm. you kind of want to have your cake and eat it too you can't go left and right at the same time you have to make a distinction and this is what i was talking about as far as uh um liberation right once you make the liberate once you make the commitment to be liberated you know you no longer straddle both fields you're either mm -hmm. going to the right or going to the left and even that's extreme let's say you're, you're you're going down the middle path but you're no longer trying to bounce between two worlds right your world becomes singularity there is no more duality where i'm swinging i'm at the club swinging and 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 throwing my junker on the pole but at mm. home i'm i'm the holy devout one right it doesn't work like that you can't be a crackhead and sober at the same time <laughs> not easily <laughs> not uh, easily you might be funky it might hold up for right, a little while right 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 there's a um there's an author he wrote this book um uh what is it called Man, it's one of my favorite books too. I'm gonna to come. It's gonna to come to me in just a second. Um, the Mindful Athlete by John. I don't think it's John Kabat-Zinn. It might be. But long story short, his that was his life in the beginning. He he was doing drugs and he was an engineer or quote unquote a important person, and he was trying to run those lives parallel together until they came crashing down. He learned about mindfulness and. He was the he was a mindfulness coach for the Chicago Bulls, and um, the point of my story is that he realized that living in that dual space wasn't wasn't going to work. But he grew up in a traditional religious home, you know, no matter what it is, and he really felt like for many years he was just denying God. But come to find out, it wasn't that he was just denying peace. It's yeah. like there's peace and then there's God, you know, understanding um, the reality of at least what God is to man. Listen, um, I want to do a part two. We've almost we've been talking almost an hour now and I want the listeners as much as I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know when it's good, it's fast in that sense of the conversation. Um, I really think what I want to do going forward is create a part two that focuses more on daily practices of meditation or even mind states of um, the daily practice in meditation. This was, this was in hopes to be an introduction um, of the reality of who you are. And that's why I ask of what your name is or who you are, because to me, it doesn't matter to me, your whole, um, the reason why I want you to share your message and your spirit with my listeners, or at least people who are into the only black cosmonaut work is that it is work. What I do for myself is different for what you do for yourself, but we're all here trying to get better through enlightenment, get better through self betterment, get better through the practice. And I've told you outside of this space that to me, you are who I wanted to be. You know, I wanted to escape. I wanted to go to Tibet, but you did it at 18. You did it at a young age, you, and you're still in it. And pros or con, I found my space here too in, in the real world, but we are all still on this journey. And so part two is really to give more, in, more thought into how you got here and what does it mean to you now to move forward? So sure. with with the last five minutes we have here, is there anything you'd like to at least, I know we're not really talking in anything directly, but just share with us. Yeah, I guess I'll say, uh, thinking about your first initial question, I didn't even tell everybody where I was from. I'm, I'm, I'm actually really uh, originally from Seattle, Washington. Mm. 
phase. And uh, yeah, I wanted to save all those juices for later. I wanted to keep them like, oh, where's he from? No, 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 you could give that. But that's my point. Like, it, it almost doesn't matter as much as it does, right? Because yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but we'll definitely dive into it. Listen, um, yeah, I got an interesting story for some of those that are interested to hear good, an interesting story. Good. So thank we'll save you. that better. We will, later. brother. We will. We will. And I want to thank um, you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, listen, we got part two coming. So it's not even, this is just part one. I just, it's almost like I want to end it, but I don't want to end it, but I have to end it. So yeah, um, let's see. You've given us so much. I think that's one thing I can take away from this conversation. Um, sure. I haven't spoken to you before at this depth. You know, we've been like texting back and forth, but we've never been face to face. And it's, it's almost like, I don't know what to say because I don't know, I have so much to say. So I'm really excited that we were able to create this space on what's a Saturday night for me, Sunday morning for you. Let's yeah. do this again. Let's do this again. I'm ready whenever. Sure. Perfect. Now that Perfect. I'm ready whenever. I'm about to go tell all people to this Zoom thing now. Listen, listen, you might need to take my idea or maybe create your own of just randomly sending invite links and see who comes up, who, 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 um, accepts the link so like the okay. link you know you just right. start meeting and then send the link or you can start okay. like you would start a live call on uh, instagram and then see uh, who joins it's it's not even about waiting anymore sure if you want to build some type of medium and make people help you along the way but right now it's to show them so okay. i think that's a good idea for you i would love to set you up with that opportunity so let's figure it out all together Sure, sure. Okay. Namaste, brother. Um, thank you so much. Dude, it's so weird. I don't, don't want to end it. Oh, fuck. Right, I was, you can keep going. I got some wind, bro. No, no. It's, it has to end now. It has to end now. We want to create a proper balance with it all. And um, this was just exciting. This was just super powerful. Um, so, ah. Namaste, um, love and light. Peace, uh, love and light. Yeah, to everyone. Um, see you on the next next part two. Part two. All right, champ. <laughs> I don't even know how to do this. Let me see if I'm doing this right. Namaste. Yeah, I want to remind you, say you can look to support the podcast over at anchor.fm forward slash only black cosmonaut. You can support at $1, $5, or $10 monthly. Your monthly contribution always continues to for me to do the work, find ways to be more inspirational, reach out to people so them can be guests on the podcast. So head on over to anchor.fm forward slash only black cosmonaut and click on the support link and you can consider whichever support you want. $1, $5, or $10 monthly. Thank you so much. Namaste.